It's the Healthy Woman Show on WJR with Ann Thomas and Dr. Carol Kowalczyk, presented by the Michigan Center for Fertility and Women's Health. I'm Ann Thomas, and I'm here with Dr. Carol Kowalczyk, founder of the Michigan Center. And Dr. Carol, on this edition, we're going to have some fun. You know, Ann, we're going to talk about shopping. Hello. Check out the Peacock Rooms. Uh, They're fabulous for vintage, cool things. Check out the Winter Market in Cadillac Square, local Detroit businesses we're proud of, and the gift of giving. So we'll talk about charities, the Radiothon with Mitch, and some things going on at Michigan Center. An interesting and informative December show coming up right after these messages. WJR's Healthy Woman Show, brought to you by the Michigan Center for Fertility and Women's Health. I'm Ann Thomas, and I am here with my co-host, Dr. Carol Kowalczyk, and Dr. Carol, Rachel Lutz, owner of the Peacock Room, is here with us in studio today, just in time for the holidays. Thanks for having me. Rachel, I love your stores. Like, too much. <laughs> like, you. I go in there like, huh? y- your stores are like going to Costco and you say you're just going to go get toilet paper and then you come out like a couple hundred dollars later. And you're like, what just happened? I, I, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I walk into your stores and I am enchanted by your the concept of the beautiful things. I, at the Fisher um, Building, I go to Yama and the Peacock Room and Yama is like all the cool, funky, eclectic uh, clothes and jewelry, and I just get lost in all <laughs> of the you. stuff you have there. Thank and you. then when I want to be enchanted and feel vintage and feel like a queen and feel like a princess, Aww. I go to the Peacock Room, and and I just feel like you know the queen in the castle. And can, you have the coolest, funnest things in in both stores. And I recently saw your vintage pieces in that section of the Peacock Room, and you know what, Rachel, there's stuff for everybody's taste. So Thank you. How did you come up? Oh, you're welcome. The concept and what what is the themes for all your different stores? Well, and not just not just things for every taste, but really every woman who walks into our store, we want something for them, whether it's their aesthetic, their size, their proportion. Um, you know, as a plus size woman, I would go clothing shopping with my girlfriends in high school and they would go clothing shopping and I would just wander off to the corner where the necklaces and the scarves were because because women are segregated into different stores uh, based on their demographics, based on size, aesthetic, things like that. So I really wanted an inclusive environment where any woman could come in, find something that fit them well, that made them look great and feel great, because that's what we all really want. So the the original idea for the Peacock Room, which is I would say leans more vintage inspired. Um, it really was inspired by the space that we're in. Our first location is in the Park Shelton, which is right next to the Detroit Institute of Arts. Um, and the space that we uncovered after we tore down the drywall, the drop ceiling, it was this beautiful 1920s plaster work with original beveled mirrors, a marble floor. So. I honestly didn't know what aesthetic I was first going for because my taste is all over the place. I love many different aesthetics, Um, but the space really told me what to do. So 
The Peacock Room started as vintage-inspired. We then added Frida, which was casual bohemian, and then Yama, which, you know, we say the Peacock Room is like Princess Grace. Yama's more Grace Jones. Uh, and now, <laughs> yep. for our brand expansion, we're folding it all back under one name. It's all going to be the Peacock Room, and we're going to still serve um, all of those different looks under one one name. Wonderful. And so every so the, the stores that you have currently... Uh, they'll all be the Peacock Room, but they'll have different, like, um, uh, not themes, but, like, if I wanted the the Grace Jones look, what what, what Peacock Room would I go to if I wanted those? those? <laughs> that's a good question. Yes, that's great. So we so for Yama, for example, for I pictured it more as, like, the professional woman, the no-nonsense woman, you know, edgy, fun, contemporary. That's still going to be under the Peacock Room name, but you'll find it between both buildings. You'll find it in both the Fisher Building and the Park Shelton. The Fisher Building, all the clothing will be in our flagship store. And we're moving all of our fun, gifty things like stationery, candles, nice antiques. Those are going to be in the what's now known as the Yama Space right across from the theater entrance of the Fisher Theater. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And it, and you, you're open before all the performances, yes. which is <laughs> if you perfect get there, for if you, people to stroll around. Yes. Except those procrastinators, if you get there two minutes before showtime, you might not be able to squeeze in enough <laughs> shopping time. But yes, we're always open before Fisher Theater shows. Wonderful. When is this plan, uh, this uh, revision or expansion planned for? We've already started transitioning Frida in the Park Shelton. Um, you'll start seeing more peacock room looks in there, more gifty things. Um, the Park Shelton location, original peacock room, that's going to be more cocktail and gown. Our day, our day wear is moving on to the Woodward front edge. Um, and then Yama's transition to the peacock room home and gift gallery will probably be complete by spring. Wow, that is so, so cool. So what is your favorite thing when you go, what do you look for and what is your favorite thing when you go shopping to fill your stores with all the incredible, amazing, you know, articles that you have in there? <laughs> Thank you. So my criteria across the board is what would get you a compliment from a stranger? We are not for women who want to be invisible when they walk in a room. And it's not just for the dopamine of getting a compliment, and it's not just for the dopamine of making someone else so happy that they would say something to you and give you a compliment. The beautiful thing about getting a compliment when you wear something fun and remarkable is you've created a moment of connection between two people. Mm -hmm. And I think as we increasingly live our lives on screens, um, and through, you know, these artificial ways of communicating with each other, nothing really substitutes an in-person connection. Nothing can spark a conversation like that, a new friendship or relationship. So that's my criteria is what would get you a compliment from a stranger. And when you see things in the Peacock Room, you're not seeing the generic things that you'd see at the mall or with major big box stores. You're seeing things that are hand-picked and special. Um, I literally travel the world. I've been to China, to the Pearl Market in Juji. I've been to the UK for vintage sterling. I go to Chicago, New York, Dallas, Atlanta, um, Los Angeles, all these places across the country to see and feel things in person. 
I think that's really the value that you get when you walk into a small local independent business. There's a real person who found those things for you and put them together and knows you, knows your community. And those are things that people tend to gravitate towards. Well, if you need a shopping buddy, let me know. <laughs> so, I, I can tell you. I can tell you. I bought a piece a couple years ago, and I don't know if you remember this piece, but it is a raincoat that has musical notes all over it. I know exactly the one. <laughs> that, so it was yes. black with white musical notes, and I am standing. I don't even know where. <laughs> I think it was in Chicago, and a woman comes up to me and she goes, "Oh my God, that coat is fabulous! Where did you get it?" Da da da. And then that led to. Are you a musician? Well, no, I'm not, but I love music. This person was um, in the symphony in Chicago, and then it shared and went into, oh, the story was great. And then it led into how she got into the symphony and how the Chicago symphony is doing and when do they play. And so so just just what you were saying, standing on the street, simple coat led to this whole beautiful conversation <laughs> about the shared love of music. And and that's what your coat did, um, you know, for me when I just figured I'd do wear something fun. That is a beautiful story. I, I really, th- story. this is why I love the work that I do and that my, I call them my fairies, my fairies who, uh, who staff the shop. We really love hearing things like that because, again, that's really what the purpose of it is. And yeah, you felt great when you walked out the door in it. She felt wonderful when she saw it. And now you found, you know, something to talk about that you both shared in common, which we really need more of in this world. And that designer, for example, uh, Samuel Dong, he I've been buying his things for so long that he's now a friend of mine. And <laughs> he personally shows me his line when really? I shop for it. A lot of companies, you know, like the designer is so far removed, but he actually shows the things that he designs. He was not even studying fashion. He was a textile engineer. Wow. So he knows exactly how to piece things, how to make them move. There's like a beautiful bubble hem on that jacket um, uh-huh. and it's timeless you bought it you know years ago but you can wear it 20 years from now and it'll still be in style because music never yeah. goes out of style well, that's true absolutely <laughs> so, thank you and we love telling people that we know the relate we have relationships with the people that we source from there's a lot of opacity now especially when you buy things online you don't know where your money ends up you don't know where those things were made, how they were made, who made them, and under what conditions. So those things are really important. So when you shop smaller, you really do get the benefit of knowing more about what you buy. So thank you. I'm really glad that you wore that and that you had that interaction with her. Oh, it's so much fun. And then this year I bought, hey, I'm at that age where I need those readers. So if I'm going to have readers, <laughs> I'm going to have bling. So at your counter, I bought these bling readers, and I wear them in my office. And my my staff just gets such a kick out of it because – they're gray and they're pearl and diamond bling all over the frames. And I'm like, girl, if I'm going to be needing this, I'm going to do this in style. And they just laugh whenever I put them on. And I so those it. are my fashion statements for this. I tried to go to Costco to put real frames in there, for yeah. real, like when I have an evening out, but they won't touch them because there's too much bling. You know, I got to figure out where to, where to get real real frames in there. But And uh, have you been to the uh, Yama and the Peacock Room lately? I certainly have. I absolutely <laughs> love those stores. But you know what I really love, Rachel and Carol, is the experience. You know, mm. the shopping experience. You feel good when you shop at your stores. And I love your story, Rachel, about why you started in this business because you really didn't like to shop. I hate shopping and That's I don't just like the amazing. fashion industry. So I, this is all a huge joke that this has actually been a successful project and we've grown to four stores in 12 years because 
I I don't like what shopping has become. Right. We try to give the experience of what shopping at Hudson's used to be like. Shopping mm-hmm. has gotten a bad name. It feels stressful. It, it feels is. like a chore. Right. But you have to do it. You need the things that you need, especially clothing. You can't walk around naked. They don't like that. Mm-hmm. So you have to you have to get something, but when you go to the mall environment nowadays, there's really not, there's no one to help you. There's no one who really knows fun. the merchandise. It's not fun and it's not a joy. Like it used to be a joy. We hear uh, women come in with stories about how they would go with their mother to, to the downtown Hudson's and they would put their gloves on and their mother would wear her lipstick and her earrings because it was an occasion. And you would go and you would marvel at all the finds. You didn't know what was going to be there. There might have been some newspaper advertisements showing a few things. But there's always like the element of surprise when you got there. And nowadays, everything is reduced to an algorithm and a checkbox and a Google review. But really, there's something about the delight of going into a beautiful, awe-inspiring space. I mean, look at the Fisher Building, for crying out loud. Um, And to find delightful things and people who know what they're trying to matchmake you with. Um, And having that interaction, you know, oh, you're looking for a gift? We may not know anything about that person you're shopping for, but we'll ask questions and get to know them. Like, what are they passionate for? What do you love about them? Uh, you know, show us some pictures of them and we'll <laughs> we'll, we'll be a human algorithm. Okay, we see she likes stud earrings instead of big statement earrings. And, you know, it's such a it's such a wonderful experience in person. I appreciate that you appreciate that about about our stores, especially. Rachel Lutz, owner of the Peacock Room, thank you so much for your time today and for coming here to the WJR studios to share your story. Thank you, Ann and Carol. Thanks for having me. You are listening to WJR's Healthy Woman Show, brought to you by the Michigan Center for Fertility and Women's Health. And we will be back right after this. listening to WJR's Healthy Woman Show. I'm Ann Thomas, and I am here with my co-host, Dr. Carol Kowalczyk. And Dr. Carol, we now welcome Laura Graneman. Laura is the Executive Director of the Rocket Community Fund and the Gilbert Family Foundation. And Laura is here today to talk about the downtown Detroit winter markets. Laura, welcome. Hi, Ann. Thank you so much for having me. So tell us all about these markets. I've visited, and they are fabulous. Yes. Well, if you haven't been downtown yet, you absolutely need to take a trip. Um, The winter markets are an incredible asset to our community. It's just a great activation that really, truly wraps our arms and celebrates the the winter and holiday season. Um, And while you're here, you also have the opportunity not only to celebrate the holiday season, get some great gifts for yourself or your family, um, but you also then have the opportunity to support some local entrepreneurs. Uh, we have 17 Detroit-based and region regional uh, entrepreneurs that are selling their goods right here in downtown Detroit. What are some of the different vendors that we would think might be fun to visit? Oh, my gosh. Well, it just depends on what you're looking for. We have a vendor that sells waffles, um, and they are delicious. If I go down there, I will have at least two. Uh, We have other food vendors. We've got folks selling charcuterie board uh, implements. We have folks uh, like the Folk Detroit that sells lots of food goods and uh, little ornaments and things like that. 
Uh, we've got a bag vendor that sells purses. And also that's, you know, there's some great stories of these vendors, right? Folks mm. who um, have really overcome adversity themselves and are then using their um, their store as an opportunity sort of to a platform to support others. So that bag store is a great example of a vendor who is using their store as a platform to, to support um, formerly incarcerated women in the Detroit area. So, you know, just a plethora of options and a great way to both uh, celebrate the holiday season and uh, do something good for our community. And Laura, some of these entrepreneurs end up going on to become big time business men and women, don't they? Well, that's very true. You know, this we really see this as a launching pad for yes. a lot of these entrepreneurs uh, to be able to test their goods in a high volume market during the holiday season. And then many of them spin off into a brick and mortar store. Some have moved into the downtown area with that brick and mortar store. Um, others have scaled up their stores in other ways, online presence and, and other things. Um, but regardless of how they you know, how they get there, many of them are are using this as a launching pad to then scale into future success. Oh, I have to tell you, Laura, this was such a wonderful experience last year when I went with my daughter and I had not known about this stuff until she told me. And and you walk in and first of all, there's that amazing Christmas tree that you are looking at and it just brings you the holiday spirit right away. Then the pop-ups are so well done and the variety of... um, uh, things that you can buy depends on interest. Last year, I think there was a, a bookstore and there was a charcuterie. Then there was, uh, you know, teas, I think. I got a sweatshirt from a company where they um, use the manhole covers and they paint the manhole covers. Then they put the T-shirt on it. I've gotten so many compliments of about that sweatshirt, and it was all local from Detroit. And then you've got this nice tent where you could relax, and it looks like a lodge. It was wonderful. Uh, I just came back from Chicago, and there was the Christmas Kinder Market that has been a Chicago tradition since 1996. And I immediately, you know, thought about what we do here in Detroit. And I thought, this is so cool because, you know, Chicago's a big, wonderful city that everyone likes to buzz around in. And our Detroit, I'm homegrown, I love my Detroit, and I just see this beautiful, festive uh, place that you can share with friends and buy unique things. Uh, I'm just so proud of these these winter markets. My question is, how do you pick? I'm, there's so much talent in Detroit. How do you pick every year what vendors get to sell there? That's a really great question, and I'm glad you framed it that way because I think a lot of times, you know, we're really proud that these markets are occupied by local Detroit vendors. You know, and 87% of our market vendors this year are they identify as a minority-owned business. Um, It could be a women-owned business or a black-owned business in the city. Um, And so that's something really to be proud of. But also, I think sometimes we use that word local as like it's a it's a nice thing to do or like, oh, it's, you know, they're just local vendors. These are world-class vendors that we should be incredibly proud of. Um, And, you know, it's it's a great opportunity to celebrate the fact that Detroit really has world-class offerings that anyone would you know love to have these goods for the holiday season or beyond? Um, so it's a real point of pride for us, and I think for our community as well. Um, and we do. We've got a very um, 
competitive process for selecting these vendors. We get a lot of interest in applications um, and they come in really, we have an application process early in the year. It's always kind of funny to open up our winter market application process in May or June. Um, but we uh, work with a uh, group of folks from the downtown area, from a couple of our nonprofit partners like TechTown, um, to evaluate the each of the applicants um, and and select which are going to uh, be part of the markets that year. And every year we've got a, a you know a new diverse set of offerings. And you know the nice part about the markets too is they stay open all through the holidays, right, Laura? Yeah, that's correct. Um, we will have the markets. Um, available through the very beginning of January. So, you know, as, as you're ramping up your holiday shopping or perhaps the day before Christmas, like me, um, <laughs> if you need some last-minute gifts, they will be there and ready to support. And really cool, different gifts, right? Not traditional stuff that you might buy online or buy through Amazon, but these are unique gifts that people will really appreciate, kind of like Carol's uh, T-shirt or sweatshirt. Yeah, exactly. That's right. You know, it's it's things that people will truly remember, and they will feel a, a, a special connection with these uh, these gifts because they know it really came from a special place, came from someone's heart. What are the hours, and where are these uh, markets located? Yeah, the, the markets are located in Cadillac Square, uh, which is just downtown Detroit. It's across the street from the Christmas tree uh, in Campus Martian. And the hours are Wednesdays and Thursdays from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m., Fridays and Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Sundays from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. Oh, that's great. Laura Graneman, Executive Director of the Rocket Community Fund and the Gilbert Family Foundation, thank you for your time today and happy shopping. Thank you so much. Happy holidays to you and all the listeners. You are listening to WJR's Healthy Woman Show. We'll be back right after this. As you know, Mitch Album held his 12th annual Say Detroit Radiothon last Thursday at the Somerset Collection, and it was a huge success. Mitch is here with us now to talk a little bit more about it. Mitch, as you know, I was completely blown away by that incredible Radiothon. Congratulations. You raised more than $2 million. Wow. wow. Yeah, it was, uh, that was a shocker. Uh, we were, you know, last year we set the watermark for 1.8 million and we were really stunned by that and we thought well probably setting expectations a little too high for this year but if we come close to it we'll consider it a great success so to see that final number up on the tote board was as astonishing to me as it was to everybody else and you know you spend all year working on this Mitch so talk a little bit about the work that goes into this day yeah, it's uh, it's it's. Thank you for mentioning that. It's not really just me, though. I mean, it's a whole team of people who work on it. Really, starting about I don't know, probably about March. Uh, there's the organizing of the of the place. There's the organizing of the incentive items, the auction items, the gifts. There's the call center and all the people who volunteer to do that for 15 straight hours. There's the lining up of all the guests who are actually going to be on the program and coordinating that and, and uh, getting the computers set. There's the sound, there's the engineering, the radio, 
all that. So it, 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 they're regular meetings, you know, all the time throughout the course of it. I have the, in some ways, the, the easier of the jobs because I just have to sort of sit there for 15 hours uh, on the day of and, and, you know, I get a lot of the attention, but I don't deserve it for, you know, it's, it's a very, very much of a huge team effort. It's just impossible to fit everybody on the stage who goes into making that thing. And it's amazing, too, Mitch, how many people from all walks of life are involved in this and come on the air with you. I mean, big superstars, local people. It's just jaw-dropping to see the number of people that come on and talk to you and give you money on this day. Yeah. Well, I, I have to say that, you know, some of the famous people or the superstars, you call them, you know, I've been blessed to meet them or work with them over the sure. years. Guys like Hugh Jackman or Hoda Kotb or uh, Jane Paul, Anderson Cooper. But, you know, they've been coming on for years. They don't have to. And they really, you know, yeah, it was me that got them involved in it in the first place. But I don't call them and say, listen, we want you to come on and give us money. Uh, you know, I just call them and say, hey, can you give us a couple minutes to just give a shout out to people? It's They come on and they hear the stories of what's going on. Smokey Robinson came on this year, and it just so happened as the first time he's ever been on. And, and it just so happened that his interview, we had to interrupt it to give away a house <laughs> to a family. And he was like in tears when we came back to him. And he said, I want to come in and I, I, I want to, you know, maybe you can fix up my old house and give it away. It's all boarded up there in Detroit. So it, it, what really pleases me is that they might start as friends of mine, and that's how I initially get hooked up with it. But they end up coming back as friends of Detroit. And they end up donating their time, money, packages, you know, auction items, because they believe in our city and they believe in, in helping people from our city. And I think that's beautiful. And speaking of houses, Dr. Carol has helped you with a house, right, Carol? She sure has. Oh, yeah, like a couple of them, yeah. Yeah. It's so warm, heartwarming to see that because there was so much love in my grandparents' house and my mom and dad's home. And you have so much love and warmth and memories. You don't want to see it just deteriorate. And you always wonder when you leave a home, who goes in there and, and are they having the same love and, and memories as you did? So it was a no-brainer for my mom and my aunt and us to just we were the perfect person to to donate those homes to and, and to see the people who who got to live in those homes and hopefully still are, you know, and knowing that there's another family that's going to make new memories. The circle of life is just so beautiful. And, and if anyone has a home that, that they don't know what to do with, this is a perfect opportunity to give a start to a, a family who's in need. Yeah, I, I, you were so generous, your family so generous, and you participated in the handing off ceremony, you know, when we when we uh, turned the keys over to the family, there were members of Carol's family there to witness it, you know, it was, uh, they, and wish them, you wish the new family luck in their, in their new home, and, you know, th there are a lot of, given the way that kind of Detroit and the history has unfolded, there are a lot of people who whose grandparents perhaps grew up in Detroit and they no longer with us. And they sort of inherited the house. They themselves have moved out to the suburbs, but they sort of have this house in Detroit that might've been in a, one kind of neighborhood a hundred years ago or 80 years ago. And now is different and they don't know what to do with it. And, and you're right, Carol, if they have them, please contact us because we'd love to look into fixing them up and, and starting, you know, building some new neighborhoods with some really good families. And Mitch, I have a question. I, I I'm always say this every year, but I'm so proud of you, proud to know you, proud 
of of the person you are in in giving so much to the city of Detroit. Uh, for the people who are listening, you have so many charities that are under the umbrella of, say, Detroit. Uh, what kind of uh, groups do you uh, – how many different kind of groups do you help? And how do you decide, now that you've got this $2 million, how do you decide what to give to who? Well, I mean, first of all, you're over-complimenting me. There's a lot of people in Detroit who do a lot of charity work, and, and I believe if you were given – the kind of attention that I've been given and the kind of blessings that I've been given, you have an obligation to do it. It's not even like, oh, let's let's just be nice about it. You, you have an obligation to give back, especially when you've been given a voice in a community. And for whatever reason I have, you know, in newspapers and radio and books and, you know, people know me and, and listen to some of the things I say, well, then I have to use that voice to do some good and not just make myself well-known or my career. In terms of an answer to your question, uh, so Say Detroit started as a singular entity in 2006. It wasn't even supposed to be a charity. I was just trying to raise money to help homeless people stay in a shelter through the Super Bowl and into when the weather got warm. Um, But we raised so much money on that effort that that, um, we had to kind of do something with it. So we formed Say Detroit. We formed this charity. And at the beginning, it was just sort of helping homeless people. It grew to, you know, the nation's first homeless a clinic for homeless children, and then it grew to a rec center for children, and there's now the Safe Place Center at Lipke Park. And then we started giving away homes, then we moved into veterans' areas, then senior citizens' areas, then we started with um, young, young, young children, like five days old up to two and a half years of daycare for them so their mothers could could search for jobs or get through treatment or get housing. And and we even opened a bicycle factory where we build bicycles and employ people who are formerly homeless. We build new bicycles, refurbish old bicycles, and we give them to people who need transportation in the city of Detroit, of which there are many, many who can't get to work or can't get to school. So we sort of look at practical problems, try to find practical answers to them. And I believe there's 10, 10 uh, charities under, say, Detroit, and then there's the orphanage that I operate in Haiti, which I'm at every month, which is very, very dear to my heart. And and then, you know, a few other efforts. And lastly, I'm trying to do your questions in order that you asked me about the money. Um, so that money will all be given away in late March on one day that I consider the second best day of the year. The first is the Radiothon where we raise it, and the, uh, the next one is when we get to give it away. And we'll allocate all of that $2 million to the efforts that I just mentioned to you. Uh, in, say, Detroit, those 10, but also we give about a tenth of the money away to smaller charities in Detroit that we just think are, are good, are good, um, you know, uh, uh, grassroots efforts that, you know, to them $5,000, $10,000 might make a big difference in their annual budget. And, I mean, we've, we've funded everything from from uh, clothes drives to a honey, uh, bee honey uh, uh, thing where they actually raise bees and and make honey in Detroit and have kids learn about, you know, the whole process of that. And then they sell honey for nonprofits and things like that. So there are a lot of great, great charities that are, uh, that are in the area and we try to help them out as well as ours. Cause quite frankly, you know, not all of them have, not all of them get to do a radiothon, you know, not all of them are lucky to have a show like I do. And so we need to share the wealth. That's wonderful. And Mitch, people can support, say, Detroit all year long. How do they go about doing that? Very simply, saydetroit.org. It has everything on it, all of our different efforts. Um, 
And if they want to help, they can just go there. And I always try to emphasize that we give 100% of the money to the clients and, you know, and their programs. We don't take the money that we raise and use a portion of it for office rent or paper clips or Xerox machines. You know, I, I pay all of that privately so that people know that if they give us a dollar, the dollar goes to actually help the needy. And I, I just think that that's fair. You know, I, I always felt that all charities should run like that. So, and we put our tax returns up on the internet so people can see them. So, um, you know, because I know the people wonder sometimes, well, am I really helping out? Is the money really getting to the people? At least in the case of Save Detroit, I can say that it does. Mitch Album, thank you for your time today. I know you've got to get to a book signing, so we really appreciate this time, and congratulations again. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on the show. Happy holidays to everybody. You are listening to WJR's Healthy Woman Show. We'll be back right after this. To WJR's Healthy Woman Show. I'm Ann Thomas. I am here with my co-host, Dr. Carol Kowalczyk. And Dr. Carol, what a great interview with Mitch Album. It's amazing what he's doing for charity, isn't it? He is. And, and you know, he's right, though. That whole team, uh, there is a whole group of yes. people. I know his, his, uh, his executive producer, Rosie, is very active uh, all year round. Uh, shout out to Rosie. Uh, to make sure all this stuff gets happening and he's in the trenches and and all the staff that are there to help um, uh, Mitch get all of this done. And, you know, God bless all the people who donate too. So there are so many people with kind hearts that really do truly care about their brothers and sisters. And and just God bless all the people who donated that $2 million. I think that you know, I'm, like I said, I'm so proud of being in Detroit, and, and I see Detroit just thriving, and, and, I, and it's so great to know that people can come together this way. And you know, Dr. Carol Kowalczyk, speaking of people with kind hearts, you're right there, too. You have a charitable component to what you do, to your business. Well, thank you. And that's so kind of you to say. And it's, it's, it's also people who donate to the, the, the fertility. Seasons of Life Foundation that we have. So, you know, people deserve a family if they want a family, and sometimes it's not affordable. So we try to do our best, and thank you for saying that uh, about Michigan Center, is, you know, like certain families, military families, veterans, um, you know, our our, um, first responders, we do try to help uh, financially for them to be able to afford fertility treatments. More insurances are covering it, which is great. Um, but there are still many that don't. So we have a Seasons of Life Fertility Foundation where uh, four times a year we offer a significant discount, if not free IVF, for someone who is in, has a life-changing event but also has financial needs financial assistance. So uh, patients have had, you know, past people who received it have had, you know, cancer treatments, uh, you know, heart transplants, uh, you know, uh, liver transplants and all those bills are, are racking up and, you know, they they can't afford the, the fertility and they want that family. So we've been able to, you know, help them, um, you know, and hear their story and, and do what we can to to make it happen for them. They have got to be so grateful when you give them that gift of life, Carol. You know, it's a blessing to to be there for them, and they are so wonderful, and and they've been so 
stressed with yes. their, their their medical situations and their medical bills and and you know they they would love to have a family but you know that it's put on the back burner so you know we try to help as many and not just that to the foundation but people who come through our doors you know we do try to help as much as we can and in, in making sure that, that we can try to see what we can do to make that financial stress a little bit better for, for the people who come to see us. And, you know, around the holidays, as people are looking for different organizations to contribute to, this one, Seasons of Life, would be awesome because you literally are helping people start a new life. Thank you for saying that because a lot of people think fertility is not a medical condition, and it is. It's just oh, yes. like diabetes and high blood pressure. And, and you know, so many people are blessed with just saying, hey, looking at each other and say, you want to get pregnant? Okay, let's do it. And the next month they're pregnant. <laughs> but fertility impacts, you know, 15% to 18% of the population. One in six couples are struggling with infertility. And, and you know, if you look at your, your family and your child and you say, hey, wow, this was so easy for me to do, and what would I do if I didn't have that child in my arms? There are people that would love to be in your position, and they just can't. And it's due to a medical condition. And, and to be able to look at your family and say, wow, I'm so blessed with my son or my daughter or all of my kids. You know, maybe I can help somebody else um, to be able to have that ability to, to have a family as well. So, um, you know, that would be great that people can donate and and they can go to the website at mifertility.com and find the Seasons of Life, um, you know, in that, uh, that, that website, and, and it would be much appreciated. And Dr. Carroll, I hope you have a very Merry Christmas and just wonderful holidays with your beautiful family. Oh, you too. Merry Christmas, you guys, and happy holidays to everyone. I hope it's safe, and I hope it's full of family and love. You've been listening to WJR's Healthy Woman Show, brought to you by the Michigan Center for Fertility and Women's Health. On behalf of Dr. Carol Kowalczyk, I'm Ann Thomas, and we hope you have a great night. The Healthy Woman Show with Ann Thomas and Dr. Carol Kowalczyk has been presented by the Michigan Center for Fertility and Women's Health.